بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا مولانا محمد وبارك سلمه ويا عن سورة الشورى سورة نمبر 42 آية نمبر 16 أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين يحاد جون في الله من بعد ما استجيب له حجتهم داحضة عند ربهم عليهم غضب ولهم عذاب شديد so We have seen Allah subhanahu speak about the deen The deen is the same deen that was revealed to Nuh alayhi salam, Ibrahim, Musa and Isa then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that uh, we should not separate the deen, become splinter groups in the primary issues that are monolithic. And then he tells us that this is what he is asking the Prophet to call people towards. And this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about those who deny this and those who continuously debate and then seek to refute what Allah has revealed to the Prophet So he says that those who argue and debate about Allah with regards to Allah, with regards to his revelation, with regards to his deen, to his religion, after they have been responded to, that even though Allah has made manifest his signs and his order and his instructions, those who continue to debate and argue their debate and argument is totally destroyed and refuted in the eyes of Allah, in the eyes of their Lord, that uh, they are not to be now taken seriously. Uh, they have no weight in their argument. And then more than that, uh, upon them there is now the wrath of Allah. Upon them there is the wrath, and upon for them there is a very severe punishment. Yeah. So here these are stern words against those who become stubborn and those who want to argue for the sake of arguing and those who refute and deny all the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has presented. Yeah. So here the Qur'an is... is uh, not saying we should not debate or we should not have questions or ask questions. The Quran is saying that after the truth has become manifest and after people's call has been responded to, that they have been answered in their own individual lives, there's always a response from the divine that they will have experiences and they will have enlightenments and they will have maybe dreams and they'll have uh, occasions to 
talk to people and to exchange ideas with people, invariably uh, Allah will always respond to their need and to their call. And it is for them to now seek that and then see it. So after the truth is revealed, uh, if people continue to debate and argue, then that is stubbornness. And that is a sign that they don't want Allah's Rahmah to be with them. And if that is the situation, then the opposite of Allah's Rahmah, which is Allah's Ghadab, His anger and His wrath will be with them. And once they acquire Allah's wrath, then they continue to refute and to deny and to object, and they continue to do evil. And that uh, causes them to procure a severe punishment. So that is the logical order uh, in which these things happen and occur at an individual level, also at a societal level, uh, that people will become a society if uh, a few like-minded people get together and start to form an ideology or a group or a culture or a club, and then that is what happens to them collectively also. الله الذي أنزل الكتاب بالحق والميزان وما يدريك لعل الساعة قريب. Allah is the one who reveals the revelation, reveals the book with the truth, and He also brings down and sends down the balance, والميزان, the balance. And what is going to inform you? That perhaps the day of judgment is very close, meaning the hour of uh, the day of judgment is very close. And you, do you know what's going to tell you that? No. Meaning that Allah has already told you the hour is very close. And before that hour comes, when uh, the miza and the balance uh, and the equilibrium will be now disturbed when the trumpet is blown into the sur is blown into then the earth and moon and sun will lose their equilibrium they'll lose their balance and then when that happens the world as we know it is destroyed uh, that the mountains will be like carded wool and they will be flying with like dust in the air and there will be an earthquake and the sun and moon will come together and there will be absolute human um, Chaos on earth, there will be physical destruction, and there will be a lot of psychological, mental destruction where there's no balance left on earth and in the universe. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah has sent the revelation with the truth, meaning with the rules of creation and with the rules of organization and no chaos. So he has revealed the book this way. Yeah, that is the Qur'an, and the Qur'an is also revealed with a certain sense of balance, a certain mizan, a sense of balance scales where the Qur'an wants you to now be just and administer justice by balancing the scales uh, in such a way that you do Allah's uh, service uh, with the truth and you do Allah's service with ihsan and with kind deeds and good deeds. Inshallah. So here the mizan is now twofold. One is that if you do good deeds, then the mizan, the balance of the world and the universe will be maintained and established that the order of the universe 
will be kept if you keep uh, the truth of revelation in front of you and you apply it. But if you do not apply the truth in revelation, then that balance will go away. And once the balance goes away, then the rules of creation will change. The sun and moon, the stars and the planets and everything will succumb and cave in and that balance will be lost. So in order to maintain uh, the universe and the world as we know it, we need to maintain and establish the revelation with the truth and we need to establish what the Quran calls Mizan, a balance in belief, a balance in faith and uh, theology, ideology, and a balance in actions. And there should be one way that we can establish uh, justice and balance at the same time. Yeah, so uh, the universe is uh, protected and works with the truth as long as human beings work with the truth. Uh, so the actions have an impact on the state and the future of the universe. Okay, so this is how we do now preservation of the earth, preservation of the climate, preservation of natural resources is only going to be by preserving the theology and the ideology that Allah has revealed. Once you lose your internal balance intellectually, uh, spiritually and psychologically, then that has an impact externally on the universe, on the world around us. So this I approves that our actions do have an impact on the environment, on the world and everything else that is around us. And that is now what governs uh, the heavens and the earth is your iman, your faith and your actions because that is what establishes the mizan, okay, the order and the balance. Yeah. <coughs> so this is why uh, we try and we struggle to help people keep their iman, their faith, to help people accept Islam and to help people reform themselves, refine themselves in their actions and, and become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's in our best interest to keep the world going. And that's why <coughs> we as Muslims have to uphold the truth and maintain the balance uh, all the time. Otherwise, the sa'a, the day of judgment is qareeb, very close. Very, very close, yeah. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa is instructing human beings, meaning that the Prophet you're going to establish a community and a government based on shura, and that community which is now going to govern must establish mizan, must establish a balance. And what is the balance? That there is no injustice. How? That there is no injustice about Allah, because uh, shirk is injustice in the shirk that shirk is a tremendous injustice against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not believing in him the way he wants us to believe in him is now totally uh, destroying the balance scales and totally destroying the world and the universe as we know it so there uh, our government is somewhat based on theocracy in terms of Tawheed. 
in terms of believing in the Prophet Muhammad So when you have this government, then this government must establish, first of all, that there is Tawheed and the oneness of Allah in the community as a rule, as an official rule of the land that they're ruling. The official deen must be the deen that Allah wants, and that is Tawheed and the Risala and the Akhirah, belief in the Prophet and belief in the Akhirah. And then you have your other rules of justice in law, justice in society, justice in your uh, civil order, justice in every other department of government. And then that is how you keep uh, the peace and you keep preserve the environment and you preserve the world from being destroyed. Uh, this is how you, O Muhammad Asim, you're going to instruct your people. This is how you govern. Once you govern this way, then Allah will allow the universe to govern the way it is governing itself and it will not self-destruct. That is now the message in this ayah. يَسْتَعْجِلُ بِهَا الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهَا وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُونَ مُشْفِقُونَ مِنْهَا وَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهَا الْحَقِّ أَلَا إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُمَارُونَ فِي السَّاعَةِ لَفِي ضَلَالٍ بَعِيدٍ this ayah confirms exactly what I have just said. Okay. So those who do not believe in the last day and the hour, uh, they now seek to expedite the last hour. Uh, they seek to bring the last hour forward before its time. And they're asking these uh, irrelevant and sometimes stupid questions. Okay, bring it on. Bring on the day of judgment. Let's see when it's going to happen. If your God is speaking the truth, then when is this day of judgment coming? Let it come. That's how they seek to expedite the last day and the last hour. Uh, so this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to them. That those who believe in the last day and in the last hour, uh, they are fearful of it. They are fearful of it. They are apprehensive about it. Uh, that they fear Allah's wrath and punishment, and they fear Allah, and they want to maintain and establish law and order in themselves, in the universe. They want to maintain this balance, this mizan, so that they have more time to repent, more time to do good deeds, more time to procure salvation and bliss uh, in the hereafter. So this is how Allah subhanahu is now. Uh, creating uh, this, this uh, opposite, uh, that one group is now mocking and the other group is not mocking. It is very fearful and it is very apprehensive of what it is that is being mocked. Mm. So this is how you get now human beings uh, that they always at each other's throats. One group is doing this and another group will do exactly the opposite. But the group that is now fearful of Allah and the Day of Judgment and Allah's punishment, they are the ones who are actually protecting the world and the universe and so on. Allah, beware, uh, pay attention. Indeed, those who are doubting and they cause doubt and speculate about the Day of Judgment, they are indeed in very far off error. They're in a very distant error. They are far away from the truth. They don't know what they're saying. 
they don't know what they're doing, there's no mizan, there's no balance, there's no appreciation for the truth, and there's no appreciation for uh, justice. So here we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that when you, O Muhammad sallam, when you are going to implement this deen, the deen of Nuh and Ibrahim, Musa and Isa, and you're going to now establish a committee and a government, then you must be ready to establish the oneness of Allah and establish the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu and make people believe in the last hour and the day of judgment so that the world is not uh, caving in of itself and destroying itself through the actions of human beings. So the actions of human beings, uh, they are calling for the day of judgment to come. Maybe sometimes they say it verbally, but usually their actions speak louder than their words. They destroy the balance and they want to destroy the world because of their erroneous behavior and because of their erroneous thinking and their erroneous understanding of how the world actually works. So this is through revelation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, revelation. Through that revelation, now you'll be able to maintain the haqq, the truth, and also the mizan, the balance, so that everybody is now living a good life in a way that they don't have to fear anything except Allah, and hope for Allah's mercy, Allah's rahmah, and so on. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is training and uh, giving orientation to the Prophet وسلم, and the Sahaba early on and later late in Makkah that you're going to now going to be going to Medina uh, where you're going to establish this rule. But there's the macro of that. So the macro rule is that you have Tawheed and you have belief in Muhammad وسلم, being the last Nabi. And you have belief in the day of judgment. That's the macro. Allah Latifum Miribadihi Yarzukul Mayasha Uwahuat Kawi Aziz. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now brings our attention to something that is a micro issue for each individual. And he brings the element of Tawheed also here. The oneness of Allah, Allah's being, Allah's uh, names and attributes, and Allah's uh, uh, powers and uh, Allah's uh, prerogatives. And Allah is very subtle with His servants. Allah is very kind and gentle with His servants, very subtle. Yeah, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Latif. One of Allah's names is Al Latif, the sublime, the subtle, the kind, the gentle. All of those words will be included in the meaning of a latif. Latafa okay, has to do with subtlety, as opposed to kathafa, which has to do with density. So that the opposite of latafa is kathafa, density. So when you have an object or some substance that is opaque and dense, then that is the opposite of latafa and lutf and so on. So the subtlety being sublime is now how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because he's the sublime of all sublime there's no matter there there's no material there there's no atom there there's no particle there there's nothing there Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists without any matter without any form without any shape without any figure 
and so on. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so sublime that we cannot see him, we cannot perceive him, we cannot detect him. We can only know him through his names and attributes, and we can only detect him through his signs in creation, known as the ayat. Uh, so this is how Allah is not going to expose himself because we are dense, uh, material and matter and so on. So anyway, so this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a latif, sublime and very subtle. So with this sublimity, with this subtlety, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats human beings with that subtlety. So everything is subtle. Everything Allah does is subtle in the sense that uh, His uh, immense power of creativity uh, is too much for His creation to bear in of itself. Uh, Allah's nur is immense that if anything wants to go remotely close to Allah's nur, it would burn it totally and it would disintegrate it. As the Prophet said about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 70,000 veils of nur. If he was to reveal any one of those, that the veil uh, would then disintegrate and burn anything that's in the field. Uh, of the Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's nur. So that is just one veil. So Allah's nur is very, very powerful. Uh, at the same time, it's very creative. But creation is not able to bear that uh, power of Allah, uh, but through subtlety, uh, not through being opaque and so on. So like, just like the sun, has tremendous light and energy and heat and power, and then we are only able to benefit from that if the filter in the atmosphere filters that light and that heat. Without the filter in the atmosphere, we would burn to their death. Hmm. Right. That's how Allah now creates the subtlety. So Allah inserts his power through subtlety. Uh, because if he comes by himself, that's, that's it, finish, khalas, end of the story. We can't handle that. So even the Prophet ﷺ receiving the Qur'an is through subtlety. Allah says that had this Qur'an been revealed to a mountain, you would have seen the mountain turn into dust. Huh? Yeah. Meaning that the, the, the mountain can't withstand the nur of the Qur'an. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created within the Prophet ﷺ the ability to receive this subtle nur uh, through Jibreel And that is how he now was able to receive the word of Allah. But even then, it was very heavy on him that if any word came to the Prophet ﷺ while he was on a camel, and you know how much weight a camel can carry, but if any word of the Qur'an was revealed while he was on the camel, the camel would have to sit down. Just the pure weight of that nur. So, so Allah Latif, Allah is subtle, meaning that when he comes to the rescue of his servants, it is through subtle means. It is not through brute force. 
it is diluted and it is distilled and then it is projected upon the individual human being according to his ability to understand and his ability to procure and his ability to handle Allah's subtlety. This Allah is very subtle with his servants. Here one translation, Allah is very kind and gentle. It is fine. That, that doesn't give you the meaning of Latif. Hmm? Yeah. That's the effect of Allah's subtlety. The kindness and the gentleness is the effect of Allah's uh, subtlety. That Allah will then give you, but it will be in ac according to your capability of how much you can actually receive. Hmm. So you can't receive all of Allah's fadl uh, all in one go. Uh, yeah, it has to be now spread out over time. So now time allows you to carry that subtlety of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is how now Allah has appropriated now risk for you. Say there are 40 units of risk Allah wants to give you, then he will be subtle and he will give you 40 units over 40 years so that you can actually withstand that nur and withstand that subtlety and so on. This is how it is, yeah. Otherwise, uh, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. As there are other ayat and hadith uh, of Allah and of, of the Prophet that speak of this distribution, that Allah distributes his rahmah this way in phases and in doses, not in one complete event, as the Qur'an was also distributed over 23 years. The Prophet ﷺ did not receive the Qur'an in one sitting. He received the Qur'an over 23 years, which was one way. Allah distributed his rahmah and showed the Prophet ﷺ his kindness with this subtlety. So now time and space will determine how you receive uh, He now provides for whomever he wants. Um, but then you have to understand the last two attributes of Allah in the ayah. He is the all-powerful, almighty, the all-strong. Al-Aziz, the supreme, the mighty, almighty. Yeah, so when you have strength and you have might and power, uh, then you must use it with subtlety. Yeah. So if someone wants to say, I need a million dollars today and make me a millionaire, then you wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah. If you did, then you would waste it and then you'll abuse it. And that is not subtlety. That is not kindness. That is that. On extravagance, and that's not the way human beings are able to actually benefit from the ni'mah. The ni'mah Allah distributes through space and time the way a human being is able to handle and to absorb that ni'mah. That is the meaning of this ayah. Allah is very subtle with his servants. He gives to whomever he wants. So some people, he will restrict their risk for a reason. Some people, he will expand their risk for a reason. That is all through his subtlety and through his kindness and so on. 
knowing that he is al-qawi, al-aziz. And this is now in the context of developing a community that understands government, understands law and order, where you have to make sure there's the mizan, there's the balance in your government, and so on. So now you have to balance what they call the budget in your government, balancing the budget. It's a huge task of every government. Going back to the previous ayah where Allah talks about the mizan, Allah has revealed the book with the truth and the mizan, this balance. So now, when you're going to do this, then you have to be subtle in your financial affairs. You can't be brute, uh, you know, and you can't be stingy, and you can't be spendthrift, and you can't be extravagant. There has to be a balance, and that balance is this uh, subtlety. Allah subhanahu is now saying that you must mirror yourselves the way Allah governs the world, and then you must now bring down this risk to human beings with power and with might. Al-Qawi, Al-Aziz, that the Muslim government will be powerful and mighty as long as it now provides for risk. So in providing risk, there's power, and there's might. If you don't do that, you will lose your power and you will lose your might. So this is how you get the balance. This is how you become subtle. If you provide food, clothing, shelter for your citizens, your citizens will have no reason to rebel against you. They'll have no reason to fight you. You provide them with all the necessary means of life and a little bit of enjoyment. And that is your subtle way to govern them. And that subtlety is because of your might and power in your ability to distribute now food, clothing, shelter, money, jobs, healthcare, uh, whatever it is you want, the amenities, the conveniences of life, and so on. So this is a, what do you call it, a blueprint for people who want to govern according to this surah. Now, when you look at how Allah does this, yeah, so now if you have look at all the animals and the insects, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feeds, you look at all the birds, the birds get just enough food every day to sustain themselves. Yeah. They do, they don't, Allah doesn't, when Allah, Allah provides for every creature, it's not that, that uh, he sends down bags and bags of seeds uh, where all the birds can eat now 10 tons of seeds every day. It is subtlety, it is distributed with mizan, with the balance. Oh, this is appropriated. So likewise, the Muslim government, when it's going to now feed people, it has to be well-maintained and well-balanced, and it appropriates the means of earning, um, produces the means of earning, facilitates the means of earning uh, for those who can and should work, and it provides for those who cannot work for whatever reason. That's how you strike a balance, and that's how you are subtle. But in that ability to provide risk, there is quwa, there is might, there is power, there is izza, there is supremacy. Once, and you see all the problems of our Muslim countries is this. They don't get food and clothing and shelter, so obviously they're always in a state of rebellion. They're always rebelling. Why are they rebelling? Because they don't get any food, no clothing, and no shelter. Either because there's no education, because there's no infrastructure, because there's no way to provide conveniences, or because the government is corrupt 
and the high authorities never want anybody underneath them to benefit from whatever the country has to offer. So that is how uh, you see the failure of governments is there's no provision, there's no risk. So Allah is now using this eye as a prototype. So look, this is the way Allah does it. Allah is very subtle with his servants and he provides to whomever he wants and this is the way he does it. But then if you're going to replicate this government according to the government of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is a government. Ar-Rahman ala arsh He's on the throne. And what do you do from a throne? What do you do from a kursi? You govern. And you command and you dictate and you order. So Allah is not this order on the arsh, throne of Allah. So you have this divine rule through the angels and everything else, the laws of nature and the haqq that Allah speaks about and then the mizan, the balance and so on. So the Muslim government must become a mirror of the government in the heavens and when you see that subtlety and you see the distribution of Allah this way, then you'll have very good people in your community, in your society, in your government, and in the, the subjects of you that you are now uh, governing. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is instructing the Prophet and the Sahaba to think about this before the time comes. And when they did this, they were strong people. They governed. They governed the world all the way from Atlantic to the South China Sea for a millennium, alhamdulillah, because of this, they were able to provide. So providing people with risk as a kind of mirror of Allah's eternal ability to provide risk is the way that you'll find and gain momentum in your government. But it has to do with your ikhlas, sincerity, belief in Allah, belief in the mizan, the balance, and belief in justice and ihsan, as we know it. Man kana yuridu al-harth al-akhirati nazid lahu fi harth. At a very micro level, for each individual citizen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a prescription. What is that? Whoever wants and desires the, the tilth and the produce of the akhirah, we will increase him in his tilth and we will increase him in his produce, meaning the farm, that he, he's cultivating farming and, and doing all this agriculture for the akhirah. And so as the Prophet the dunya is a farm for the akhirah. You, you, you sow the seeds here, you irrigate, you cultivate, you, you tilth and you do everything else in this world so that you reap the benefits and harvest the Akhirah. This eye is the same, same thing, that if you want the Akhirah, Allah will increase you in your produce. And whoever wants the farm of the Akhirah and the produce of the dunya, sorry, then we will give him from whatever we give him. And in the Akhirah, he will have no share. So this is an instruction and guidance for each individual Muslim citizen of every country uh, in the world that if you have this niyyah, 
that you want to be happier in the akhirah, then you must bear whatever you can bear in this world with patience, with gratitude, with shukr and sabr, and uh, through dua and dhikr and everything else, because that will lead you to crops and harvests in the akhirah. But if your focus is merely secular, and the only thing you want is pleasure and glory in this world, then you might get a little bit of that, whatever is, whatever Allah wills. But you will have nothing after you die, and that is the greatest loss. So here, so in the first ayah, Allah Latifun bi ibadi, ayah number 19, Allah is now giving guidance in a subtle way to the government. So Allah Latifun bi ibadi, Allah is subtle. Now in a subtle way, He's guiding the government. So this is not explicit. It's very subtle that this is the instruction, the prototype for the government that you must feed people. On the other side, those who are now the citizens of the country, yes, you'll have some wheelings and dealings and you'll be disappointed with some policies and you might be disappointed with everything. But if your intention is to live in the Akhirah, then you will bear the burden of patience and you will take everything with a grain of gratitude and sugar and then you will receive your reward in the Akhirah. So this is how Allah now creates the ideal community, the ideal society. That the individual must be patient and grateful, and the government must be now concerned. And the government must be uh, caring for its citizens and its people, and so on. So you get the best of both. This is how Allah is uh, now informing the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba. And Muslim individuals, that uh, this is how we want you to behave in the world, because then you will be a model community, you will be a great civilization, and you will be able to perform not just for yourselves, but you will be a role model and guide for other communities and other civilizations uh, also. Okay, yes, we will stop here for today. Inshallah, we make dua that Allah subhanahu allows us to read the Qur'an, uh, recite the Qur'an, to understand the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu allow us to act upon the Qur'an. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayr khalq. Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in, bi rahmatikina. Alhamdulillah.